So my friends, today, as we read this account of our Lord's cleansing of the temple, there's a few things that we should consider and how this applies to our life of Lent. The first is that those who were selling and the money changers in the temple and all that, this was not something that was a deliberate, malicious practice that just sprang up spontaneously like, oh, let's, let's make the temple into a marketplace. That's a good idea. Rather, what would happen is in the temple, you would have to make a money offering, but the money offering had to be a particular currency of the temple coin. And if you didn't show up in Jerusalem with any temple coin, you had to exchange some money exchanges. What you have to do? You got to take your Roman coins that can't, they have Caesar on them. They absolutely can't be offered in the temple and other forms of currency and exchange them for the temple currency so you can make your monetary offering. Uh, and then as well in the temple, there was the slaughter of animals. Like that's what the temple is for offering animal sacrifice. And so, where are you going to get the animal? And you buy it at the temple. It became the thing. That it just became, hey, you got to kill a bird, or someone's got to kill a bird on your behalf, um, or something else. And so, you could just buy that here. We'll make it easy. One-stop shopping, right? You can change your money. You could buy the animal, and it will kill it for you, which is exactly how they would do that. That's what the temple sacrifice was. And so, let's not consider the money changers and those who are selling in the temple as people that were somehow deliberately malicious. But what happened was that in this this search for practicality, there uh, entered in a sort of moral laxity. That now we're just being a little bit lax about where are we selling? What's the real purpose? Is it about enabling you to offer easier sacrifice to God? Or is it about, um, is it, does it become about the money changing? Is it like, yeah, whatever. I just got to go to the temple in order to change money and buy stuff. And then that's it. Uh, and that moral laxity began to creep in. All with a very practical intention. But that's exactly what happened. And so when our Lord drives them out of the temple, it's because that moral laxity uh, the, the initial practical purpose, which even of itself was maybe skirting the line, just became too ingrained. And so he drives them out of the temple. And that in Lent, we need as well that cleansing uh, discipline during Lent. That in Lent, it's not just about our mortal sins, right? Remember, mortal sins, you give those up anyway. You should give those up not in Lent. You should give up your mortal sins now or any day of the year. But in Lent, we can maybe be more deliberate about our venial sins. And we should be attentive uh, to trying to overcome venial sin throughout the year anyway. But venial sin, these little practices in my life that have, uh, maybe they arose out of a type of practicality, but that they, in, you know, over time, uh, have led to a certain moral laxity where what was at first uh, a practical solution has become a distraction it's become um, a source of moral, um, slow moral corruption. Venial sins uh, weaken our charity. We choose against God in our venial sins, um, but that we do it in a, in a small way that weakens our love for him. A million venial sins don't even equal one mortal sin, but it's these small venial sins that they, they weaken our charity, our love of God. They make it easier to commit mortal sins if we're more, um, as we become, you know, more lukewarm as we become less focused and diligent in our moral life. And so Lent is a great time to focus as well on our venial sins. What are these practices that have grown up in my life that are small, relatively? Um, they're, they're, they maybe started with good intention, but they have just gotten so out of place and that they've become, you know, 
watching a little bit of TV at the end of the day, a nice form of relaxation, okay. But now if I'm in, if I'm in the rectory and I can't not have the TV on because I need the background noise and the distraction and I'm not doing my work or something like that, then that initial practice of enjoying a little bit of media has gotten out of place. Using, you know, my phone is awesome. Um, my phone has all kinds of prayers on it. I, got, I have all my prayers on there. I have the readings for Mass. I have um, other devotions. And, but if using my phone to help with my prayer means that I spend a half hour of prayer in the chapel just looking at my phone and like even, oh, I follow some, you know, good, uplifting Instagram uh, accounts. But so what am I going to do? Well, you know, I'm a little distracted in my prayer. Maybe I'll look at Instagram and see if I can find something uplifting. But oh, my sister just posted new pictures of my nephew. Let me check those out, right? And let me look at what else. This is where laxity gets in. And this is where Lenten discipline is meant to drive that out. So in Lent, we need to be much more deliberate about not giving any quarter to these um, lax practices and to be very diligent and deliberate in our own looking at what is happening in my life. What are these things that they've just become normal that they need to be driven out of my life? They need to be driven out of my spiritual practices. And then we ask our Lord, as surely as he cleansed the temple, to cleanse our souls of these venial sins, to cleanse us of our attachment to these little things that slowly, just a little at a time, lead us down the wrong path, lead us to this moral or spiritual laxity. And that, as a final point, what our Lord uses, what sign can you show us for doing this? And he says, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And they thought he was talking about the temple, temple, but he's talking about the temple of his body. Jesus rose from the dead. He conquered sin and death. He put to death, um, he was put to death in the flesh and rose from the dead. And so when I want an example to follow, like the resurrection is not a half measure, right? The crucifixion definitely isn't, nor the resurrection. It's going all the way. It's not holding anything back out of love. Out of love, our Lord held nothing back from us. And so we too should hold nothing back. There should be no attachment to material things in my life or heart. There should be no disordered attachment even to other people or good things. Um, no, rather go all the way with our Lord. And we ask him, that's the sign, the resurrection. Destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up. Jesus is victorious. He's the conqueror. And so this is good for us in our Lenten journey to consider this. And each of us maybe today can really consider what are those areas of my life where I've become just a little too comfortable uh, with something that is skirting the line between right and wrong, or actually is wrong. It's crossed over that line. The small things, the little things, the things that slowly are keeping me away from God. Uh, those areas where started with a good intention, sure, um, but now it's gotten a little bit out of hand. And that we ask our Lord to cleanse us of those. We bring them entirely to him. We let him um, teach us how to do without them, that we can get right back on the path of spiritual perfection, moral perfection, following our Lord, intentional discipleship, if we uh, allow him to cleanse the temple of our souls in this way. And so we ask our Lord for this, and we ask our mother, uh, who is so attentive in the smallest little details, attentive to the love of God, full of grace, totally full. She never committed a venial sin in her entire life. And so we ask our mother uh, to pray for us, and to help us have uh, the desire for true spiritual and moral perfection 
so that we could be the saints uh, that we're all called to be.